Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Welcome to Ditch the Suits Podcast. Steve Campbell co-hosts with you. We're very excited to have you join our podcast today. This is episode number 46. We're inching closer and closer to episode number 50, and it's really hard to believe. You know, two years ago when we set out to start this podcast, we didn't know what to expect. We just knew, Travis and I, that we wanted to reach as many people as possible to help inspire them to help get the most of their money in life. So thanks for being part of this journey. Today, we're going to be kicking off a new series on money, learning to sift through all the bad news, and living with virtues. There seems to be literally bad news everywhere you look, and we just can't seem to get away from it. We believe that regular exposure to this type of negative media is programming all of us to feel like maybe the world is broken, but the question we would ask is, is it really? Stick with us as we break down what is happening, why it is happening, and what you can do about it to get the most from your money in life. If you have questions, thoughts, or feedback, send us an email. You can reach us at ditchthesuits at gmail.com. That's ditchthesuits at gmail.com. We'd also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and consider leaving a five-star rating and review. Your rating and reviews help push our podcast to the top of the charts and reach even more people. So as always, thanks for being our guest. We hope this information inspires you to get the most from your money in life. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits Podcast. Steve Campbell and Travis Moss with you. We will be starting a brand new series today. Uh, If you are new to our podcast or you've been subscribing for a long time now, you know that we typically do two or three episodes bunched together as part of a series, different topics, different themes, uh, to take you from one episode digestible information that can help you really get the most from your money in life. We thought it would be a good time to pause, given everything that's happening in the world, to address the fact that it seems to be that no matter where we looked, what we listened to, what we watched, the world is just inundated right now with bad news. There's bad news on social media. There's bad news on television, radio. It's really hard to get away from, and it can begin to sour the way that you see life, your money, your investments. So we wanted to start this first series in this episode talking about the fact of why there seems to be so much bad economic news and kind of really where it stems from and how we can make sense from it. So Travis, when we think of bad news, where are we getting some of this information from? Let's think about who's maybe pouring gasoline on the fire Um, because there's bad news and, you know, bad news sells. We know bad news sells and there's bad social news, bad political news, bad economic news. But a lot of times when you turn on the TV or something, the news channel will have some expert on there. You see in the headlines, some experts talking and the expert is somebody who's like a hedge fund manager or a bank CEO and and they're on the news and they're giving their opinion on what's going to happen. And they look smart. They're wearing a $10,000 suit. They sound smart. Uh, we better listen to what they say. Yep. The issue is, is that one of the things that we got to understand about the people that we're listening to is that everybody's got an angle. Yep. Everybody has an angle. You got a job, you got an angle. You want to go to work and make money, get through the day, go home and do your, you know, play golf, whatever you want to do. But you got an angle. Your boss has an angle. They need you to come to work and make money so they can get promoted and look good, right? Like everybody's got an angle. The problem is, is that when somebody has an angle and they're not transparent about it, so they got an angle, but you don't know what it is. Yep. So that's kind of conniving, right? It's kind of like 
this person is undermining me. I don't know what their whole spiel's about, but I know it's not about what it should be about type of thing. Yeah. Think about if you've ever had uh, somebody who said they were your friend, but they were trying to take advantage of you because they were trying to get you to introduce you to somebody else or something like that, right? Yeah. If you hire me for financial advice, my angle is that I get paid for helping you achieve your financial goals. I'm right out front about it. Yep. You're going to pay me uh, what we think it's fair for the time and the benefit that we're going to make to you to help you achieve your goals. And you're going to know what you're paying for me up front. And the, our contract is the fact that we're going to try to help move the ball forward for you in whatever way that we possibly can, according to you know what your needs and goals are. So you know my angle. I know yeah. your angle. You want to get as much value as you can for as little price. Yep. Makes sense. We can we can do business. Yeah. A hedge fund manager, guy who manages billions of dollars, famous guy, they'll put him on TV, talk about how he's been right about the last five financial crashes, whatever. What's his angle? Yeah. He already manages all the money. He's already a gazillionaire. Why is he on there t- giving you free tips about where the market's going? He has nothing to lose from being on there. In fact, he has everything to gain. So when that hedge fund guy gets on TV and he tells you, the viewer, this time's going to be painful. It's going to be worse than normal. It's going to be like 2008. The market could go down another 20%. You better be ready. Buckle up. This thing's going down. The dollar's going to, whatever, whatever the spiel is, right? Do you think that this guy who manages billions of dollars didn't already place his bet before he told you how to bet. Yeah. He's, he's at the top of the food chain for a reason. He's a shark. And now he's on TV telling the fish where to swim. Why is he telling the fish where to swim? Cause he's got his mouth open. You're going to swim right into it. He's literally telling you to do exactly what he wants you to do so he can make money. Because if he tells you to, if he scares the, the life out of you, so you go and you sell all your investments and he's betting that the market's going up, he's not very good at his job, is he? Right. So he is there for one reason, to get you to act a certain way because he's already got a bet. He's already got things in place to take advantage of how you react. Yep. It's the only reason why he's there. It's not, he, 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 it's not philanthropy. He's not there because he just loves you and mankind, whatever. He's there because he's going to make money. Well, you could say, well, he's just in cash. He said he was in cash. Why, am I, why would I be in cash? I'd be in cash so that after you sell all your investments, I can buy them. Bingo. This is not altruistic. It is not pure. It is not for your benefit. This is for their benefit. The station makes money because you keep tuning in because, my gosh, he was right. He said the market was going to crash and it's crashed. It crashed because he said it was going to because it triggered all these other things to happen. Yeah. Would it have crashed had he not done that on national TV? Good thought experiment. Yep. So he's there to make money off you. And those are hedge funds. That's what they do. So we expect that, right? What about the banks? What about bank CEOs? These guys who are in charge of, you know, causing 2008, not that they would ever do things economically for their own benefit, even at the peril of everybody else, but bank CEO gets up there and they've got an investment banking arm and they do research and they have analysts and they get on there and they say, you know what, it's going to be bad this time. Um, We don't, the next three to six months looks really rough. Uh, It's going to be real painful. Well, number one, define real painful. 
Like when I touch my statement, am I going to burn to death? Like what's real painful me? They'll say like, well, you know, everybody's going to pay an extra hundred dollars a month for a tank of gas. Well, for most people, that's not going to break their budget. So what's real painful me? But one of the things that you'll notice is they always make that statement before their earnings report comes out. It's always right ahead by about 30 days, I think, of their earnings. And why would they do that? I'm a banker. I'm supposed to know all about money and the economy, right? Which is an inexact science all on its own. But let's pretend it was an exact science because most people think it is. I come out and I say that the economy is really bad. It's going to be really bad. Just beware. And then my earnings come out and they're bad. I told you it was going to be bad. I don't look so bad now. Right. Or let's say my earnings are average or slightly above average. I told you it was going to be bad and I'm average or above average. I'm brilliant. Or I told you it was going to be bad and my earnings came out great. Now I'm really brilliant. And how do you quantify bad? They didn't give you any way to, is it bad for billionaires? Is it bad for people who work nine to five? Is it bad for people with a $100,000 salary or people on social security? Who's it bad for? I didn't do that. I just said it was going to be bad. And then my earnings come out and I have protection. You know what you never hear them say? Oh, we think it's going to be really good. The only time you ever hear them say, we think it's going to be really good is when their numbers are really good. Yep. So what's their angle? They benefit no matter what, if they tell you it's going to be bad. There's no downside for them. They, they're going to make money, if they, whether they tell you it's going to be bad or good. The only difference is their credibility. If they tell you it's going to be good, again, quantify what good is. They can't. So if I tell you it's going to be good and it's not good, or if I tell you it's going to be good and my numbers aren't good, I'm going to look like an idiot. But if I just err on the side of it's always going to be bad, I'm always going to look good. Yep. Well, and one of the things that you had mentioned is they're going to say this is like other times before. So that raises an interesting question around the idea of timing and, you know, this market cycle that we've been in now as compared to maybe other times. So why don't we talk about maybe the the context of this idea of timing? And is this like other times? How does this, you know, downturn in the market compare to years past? We're into this about 10 months. And 10 months in the world of investing is it kind of feels like forever because you've already gotten three statements this year. Yep. And so you've had three bad statements so far this year or statements that probably showed that you were negative for the year. And now you're going towards the fourth one. And so it starts to feel exhausting. We start to get emotional fatigue. This creep gets into the back of our head. I'll sit down with a client and I'll ask them, I'll be like, well, I'll not ask them, but we'll talk about how things are likely to turn around and how we're positioning for recovery and whatnot in the markets. And they'll say, and they'll correct me and they'll say, if, if it recovers, where the right. heck did that if come from? Yep. Like, what do you mean if? Right. If yesterday wasn't the greatest day in history, you know what I mean? Like, we're so exhausted after these 10 months that we're starting to look forward and say, maybe it's not going to get better. Yeah. You could have a convergence of social, political, economic issues all coming together, right? We had COVID, exhausting, right? Yep. Not very positive time. Then we had an election cycle that was really negative. Now we have another election cycle and the market's way down. 
you know, and there's a war and there's all kinds of things going on. And it just seems like one bad thing after another, after another, after another. And every headline is like just the world's bad and it's breaking. Yeah. And we're starting to get helpless and we're and hopeless. And we're starting to sit there and say, well, maybe, it, maybe this is, maybe the good old days are gone. We're 10 months into this. But one of the ways I explain this to people is you're not used to this. You're running a marathon and you're a sprinter. The last market correction we had, which was COVID, which was a terrifying event because we did not know what was going to happen. We didn't know what was going on. Right now, we know what's happening. We know what's going on. It's not a secret. We yep. saw all the supply chain, uh, chain issues, the inflation issues, the lack of workers, you know, the, the Ukrainian thing going on, the energy issues, like all this stuff we knew was coming, inflation. Like this, this is not a surprise this year. COVID was a surprise. The reaction to COVID was a surprise. Market dropped and came back up in five months. That means people got one statement right. that was bad. This is already three times longer as far as from a mentality standpoint, because I've already gotten three statements versus my one and the other one. So this feels really bad. Yeah. The other one, I felt bad for a little bit and then I was better. Yep. This one, I keep feeling bad. I used to have that much money. Now I have this much money in my statement. Oh, it didn't get any better. Oh, it didn't get any better. Maybe it won't get better then. I'm tired of waiting for it to get better. Prior to that, um, 2018, we had uh, China and the tariffs and Trump and everything fighting about imports and exports. Seven months. So two statement, two statement correction there, right? Yep. Still 33% less than this one. With all the other stuff going on. So I'm still kind of, that's kind of like a sprint compared to this. Last marathon we had was all the way back in 2016, 10 months into 2015, 2016 market correction triggered by energy kind of ended with the elections. Um, that was 10 months. That also felt excruciatingly long. Market wasn't down quite as bad as it is now. So this one is the same length, but the market is doing worse primarily because the mega caps this year are doing a lot worse than they did back at that time period. Prior to that, nine months and six months, and then 2008 was three years. But what happened in 2008 versus now? The banks were insolvent. Like the financial system was bankrupt. So that's a lot different than now. Yep. But yet the headlines are saying like, worse whatever since 2008. They're tying the two together. Why? Because they're invoking the panic of 2008, they're trying to pull that forward into this event because it makes for a more interesting story. If they just said market correction, you know, due to lack of uh, positivity, due to political unrest or something like that, everybody would be like, yeah, whatever. But if they go, hey, we're since 2008, could this be a repeat? We're probably going to click on that story and look at it, right? Well, I think that's because as we start to get into the series, we're going to realize that that bad news is what sells. Bad news is what gets people to click. And it just seems like not only the marathon of uh, statement after statement over these 10 months, but the marathon over the last few years of political, social, and economic issues all kind of hitting us at the same time. And it's not just hitting you when you are on your phone by yourself, headline after headline, doing what they have now coined this uh, term of doom scrolling, where you are literally just filling your brain with bad information, 
But then, you know, it's different when you are going through something on your own, a, a health crisis, something in your family, you will talk about it amongst other people and you're, and you're looking for people to understand what you're going through. And for the most part, they'll try to. But in this case, the whole world is going through a lot of similar things at the same time, being inundated with the same stories. So your conversations, not just with your spouse, but also with your friends are also negative. So it's this continuing cycle of negativity. And I think what we're trying to do in the series is starting off this conversation by talking around the fact that talking heads on TV have an agenda, there's an angle. But then you also look at your statements and you're like, man, are they really right with what they're saying? Because life seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. And I think it's also just then good to peel back the onion, like you've always termed and saying then, why is there so much bad news and kind of how do we make sense of it all? There's a, a study by Pew Research Center that eight out of 10 Americans get their news from digital devices or or about nearly half of Americans get their news from social media. I don't know that the year of the study, I would guess is probably trickling upwards as we all have smartphones and kind of flip through the news feeds and whatnot. But bad news sells and people click on the bad news and it is known and there's lots of studies out there with the fact that negative content drives engagement, especially on internet platforms like social media and and with the search engines. Think about the news in general. Almost everything is polarizing. The greatest of all time, the GOAT, right? This is the best of all time or the biggest of all time, or this is the worst of all time. This is the end of times. This is Armageddon's coming, right? It's always the greatest or the worst. But in general, if you scare that pants off of somebody, they'll click on it. Right. If, if if you come out and say, oh, hurricane going to miss Florida, you're probably not going to click on that article. If you say, oh, hurricane, pretty good chance it's going to hit Key Largo, people are going to click on that to see what's going to happen, even if the pretty good chance was a 10% chance. You know, it doesn't have to be. And you see that with headlines all the time now. It's more shock and awe with the headline. I, I'll click on a headline and then the article has nothing to do with the headline. Right. In fact, the article might contradict the headline yeah. or not even mention what the headline said. I mean, you could click on an, on an article that's, that talks about, you know, breaking news, such and such happened. And all it is, is three people on Twitter and their comments. Right. But what's funny is every time you click on those things on your phone, you ever notice how more things just like that show up next yep. time you, you, you turn your phone on. Yep. Those are algorithms. You know, the, the media has programmed it so that, well, if you clicked on it once, that must be the type of thing that you want. So we're going to keep putting more in front of you. Right. You kind of create this cycle by clicking on these things. Why are they doing that? Because advertisers are saying, well, what, what can you get in front of them? If you can get in front of them with our advertisement on it, we'll pay you. Yeah. So it's all driven by advertising dollars. It's got nothing to do with whether or not it's true or factual or it helps you or hurts you. It has to do with the fact that somebody's willing to pay them to put it to get you to click on it. Yep. So that you see an advertisement that's put in there someplace. Or how many clicks they get on an article drives advertising revenue for something else, or how many people tune in for a certain cable show. It has nothing to do with whether or not the content is accurate. I mean, this is why you see all the time there's 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 incorrect content and and they'll be like a month later, oh, we were wrong about this. And they say it one time and then they move on and then they repeat the cycle all over again. Right. Because bad news sells. Yep. If 
you woke up tomorrow and you checked your phone for the news and they said, today is amazing. In general, there are less people dealing with poverty. There are more people with health care and we're making progress towards uh, climate change. You probably wouldn't have checked the news for the rest of the day. You'd be like, hey, that's pretty, pretty awesome. But if you check the headlines and the first thing you see is climate change takes the life of X amount of people and the market's set to crash, you know, 800 points. And you know what I mean? And you see this kind of like list of doomsday events. Right. You got to check in later in the day to see if it happened. Right. Because you don't know anybody that any of this stuff is happening to anyway. That's true. But if it's good, good for them. If it's bad, you want to know about it. Because right. did you hear about this, right? When I get together with my friends, most of the time when it's a, did you hear about this event? Think about it. It's normally something bad that happened to somebody. Right. Very rarely is, did you hear about so-and-so and you know this good thing happened to them? The reason why we, it's designed like that is because we are designed to fear loss. Human beings are designed to be afraid of loss. We're loss is pain. And there's studies on this. There's lots of studies on this that when you experience a loss or fear a loss, you know, or potentially could have a loss, that you could have physical discomfort. For instance, have you ever known or seen somebody who reacted to something that they read by throwing up or something that they saw by throwing up? Right. It's yeah, it's so scary to them that it causes them to throw up. Right. Your body reacts to fear, and fear is normally driven by loss. I'm going to lose my life. I'm going to lose my money. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose my house. Right. I'm going to lose my dignity, whatever it is. It's the fear of loss. I don't want to lose. So I'm going to pay attention. Meanwhile, if I'm pretty happy with everything I got, I don't really need to go out there and look for more good news. I'm pretty happy. Yep. So the only thing I'm really that's really going to penetrate my my thick head is going to be something really negative that's going to influence or or get at what I thought was, you know, my life and the things I had under control. Yep. So it's designed bad news sells because we are trying to protect ourselves. Yep. And the media and the finance industry, everybody knows it. So guess what? They figured out how to make money on it. Well, and you're you're here because as we say in every episode, our goal is to help you get the most from your money in life. And so I think you're really going to be amazed at these next two episodes that we add real numbers to um, some of these things that we're talking about, we help you start to get the most from your money in life. But we had to lay the groundwork in this first episode to acknowledge the fact that everywhere you look, you cannot turn it off. There's literally bad news everywhere. But but do you have to be a victim of all of this or can you still thrive and live your best life in the midst of it? So stay tuned in episode two to just give you a little uh, precursor here. We're going to talk about how to become bulletproof to the fact that there's bad news everywhere and the fact that you can actually make money in the midst of all this bad news. And then we're going to bring it home, I think, with a fairly thought-provoking, heartwarming third episode talking about values and virtues and how to really start to figure out who you are, what you love, what you're passionate about, what you stand for, so you can make sense of everything that's happened in the world around you. So as always, thanks for being our guest here on Ditch the Suit. Stay tuned. It's going to be an excellent episode. We appreciate you stopping by. 
Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, We hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at seedpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to ditch the suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.